This podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Channel Factory, who ensure that your advertising appears in the most brand safe and brand suitable environments across all of your YouTube campaigns. Welcome back to another episode of the Blooming North podcast, where each month we delve into topics designed to inspire you, empower you and guide you towards a more fulfilling life, both personally and professionally. I'm really excited about today's episode, where we'll be delving into everything women in business with two brilliant guests. I'm delighted to be joined by Cleo Farman, founder of Dear Bless Rum, the first female owned rum brand in the UK, a drink inspired by the legend of La Dear Bless a female temptress who stands for female empowerment. You'll fit right in with us here at Bloom. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Cleo. I'm also delighted to be joined by Liv Lindley, studio manager of Sculpting House, a fully female-run Pilates studio based in Manchester. Also with an amazing story, a business born out of virtual sessions in lockdown, soon becoming one of the best reformers Pilates studios in the UK, according to Women's Health magazine. So welcome, Liv. Lovely to have you with us. Really excited to get stuck in and hear about both of your journeys in female-led businesses. Cleo, let's kick off with you. Your story of entrepreneurship in female business is very fascinating. Your passion for female inclusivity and empowerment are inspiring. So let's go back to where it all started. Before launching your own rum brand, which by the way, I can't (laughs) wait to hear all about, and I can't wait to try it eventually at some point as well. You ran the Odd Bar Group in Manchester's Northern Quarter, didn't you? Yes. So I set up and founded them when was that? I was only about the second bar in the Northern Quarter, so there was nothing there at the time, so it was a bit of a risk. But I thought, I thought this is going to happen, this. So, so I set those up. That was brilliant. Um, and before that, the reason I got into rum was I used to take press trips to Necker Island, Richard oh, wow. Branson. So I used to have a lot of experience of rum out there, and that's what I loved. And so during the bars, I got to experience lots of different rums, which is how I came about setting up the Diablet. I'm really intrigued about Necker Island first. <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. Seen documentaries about it. It looks amazing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. We used to have to go there and like touch down on helicopter in helicopters and take private. I'm not showing off. I just can't believe it. Like going on private jets and taking press trips and taking them to New York, staying overnight, and it's beautiful over there. Yeah. It's but it was a long time ago. I think it's got a little bit more uh, commercial now. Yeah. But that's where I learned about rum. That's where I got a real passion for it. So when the bars came along. I could start sort of uh, experimenting a bit, bit like that. But I used to be a massive gin freak, and I just got really, really bored of it. Nothing wrong with gin. I'm anybody? A big gin fan. I know. <laughs> I'm a gin fan too, actually. But, but, but I do love a bit of rum. Yeah, and there, but there was nothing around. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, there was nothing around that um, at the time I, I wanted to drink because there's quite a lot of sugar laden things that are very strange colours, and that's okay. Um, but I wanted to make something more from a fe- female perspective because there's a lot of male dominated rum brands out there. So tell us the story of Ladia Bless, the the goddess. Oh, she's amazing. Right, okay, so I've done all this research, done the rum, so just so just so it makes a bit more sense. All the rums come from the Caribbean, so I went to the distilleries and visited them. They've been making rum since the 1600s. It's got this beautiful Caribbean rums, and it was important for me to have someone figureheading the brand that, that related back to the provenance of the rum. So I, it took me a year to get the first rums done, but it took me eight months to find the name. And I was searching through, I didn't want to go down pirate route. I'm absolutely fed up with that. That's quite a big 
think that I want to avoid. Um, and I came across her, and she's part of Caribbean folklore um, and she was basically this like seductress and she used to roam the Caribbean by moonlight seducing people wherever she went she was a temptress but she also stood for female empowerment and I just thought she's just amazing and perfect so she stands for all you know all us women everywhere and what a nice symbol yeah. of female empowerment in a very masculine dominated Absolutely. industry I love that. So you were so you ran the odd bars, which yeah. by the way I used to frequent when I was a student. Hey. I don't remember a lot of those days, but it was great fun. Um, and then you decided you were just going to take the plunge and launch this new product. Where did that desire that was, come from? That was just mental. That was quite a mad thing to do. Um, as I said, I, I had my son during the um, the bars, so I did bars for fifteen years, and I had my little boy halfway through that and it's not the best environment you, you know to me after he was little and I just thought and I gave it 15 years so I just thought right I just want to do something else and as I said it's just because I got fed up with gin and I just thought there's nothing for for women in the rum industry it's really really blokey it's full of sailors and sea beasts and <laughs> captains and pirates and tiki shirts and all that and if you're not into tiki I think it can be a little bit um you can feel a bit left out I mean, I don't particularly want to go. I like tiki bars, but that's. I think you can enjoy rum in other settings. Yeah, you don't have to set it on fire or wear a Hawaiian shirt, basically. So I just, <laughs> I just wanted to come up with something that was a bit more um, female orientated, really. I mean, gin used to be people didn't really like gin, and then everyone went nuts. And I'm trying to do the same thing with rum and show that it can be quality and beautiful, natural ingredients in there and be a lovely thing rather than a hangover never touch it again thing which is what some people think it is yeah <laughs> but it's great as well that you found a niche in the market yeah. an opportunity to carve out something that's going to sort of represent that more female yes. aspect of it as well um and obviously Liv you um are the studio manager at Sculpting House which is a reformer Pilates studio in Manchester tell us a little bit about the story um as to how it came about because i believe it started in lockdown is that correct it did yes so amy started sessions on zoom during lockdown and i was actually one of her clients right so i did these Pilates sessions on zoom um i knew amy from elsewhere joined in with those and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and really took off and my a little bit about my background so my background is actually in dance and i trained in musical theater and i was um working as a performer on cruise ships for about four or five years and covid actually put a stop to that so i was on a ship in the middle of the sea when covid hit oh, got wow. quarantined on board and then eventually after a couple of weeks got sent home um and then i was kind of sat at home not knowing when i'd be able to go back so i was like what can i do now so I actually decided to do my PT qualifications during that time with the interest of becoming a PT in a gym. But then Amy said to me at one point, would you ever be interested in being a Pilates instructor? And I'd never, ever thought of this in the past because I actually used to hate Pilates. <laughs> right. I shouldn't say that, should I? But <laughs> I used to, they used to make us do it as part of our dance training. Yeah. And I hated it with a passion. But I think it's just because my body was so fatigued from doing all the dancing all day that it got to Pilates and I was just done. I had no interest in doing it whatsoever. But then when I started doing it with Amy on Zoom during lockdown, I fell in love with it. And she said to me, would you ever be interested in being a Pilates instructor? And I said, do you know what? Actually, yes, I would love to. So she said, would you like to come and work for me? And I said, yeah, 
I'd love to. Amazing. So I did my Pilates qualifications and then became an instructor for her whilst we were still on Zoom. And then she opened her first studio, very quickly moved locations to where we are now on Lloyd Street. Um, and yeah, now we're expanding. And I was going to say there's talks bigger. of expanding further yeah, as well. Yeah. So it must have been a, a success up until now. Yes, huge. So, yeah. so there's a lot yeah, of demand. Really exciting. Yeah, there is. Especially for, so we obviously started out as Matt Pilates, but I think like I don't know if you're both aware but reformer has become huge over the past year or so the Kardashians started doing it um everybody wanted to jump on the bandwagon now loads of people are doing it but it's actually so good for mm. you explain um, a bit to our listeners what reformer is for those that might not necessarily know reformer pilates is very similar to mat pilates but you're on a reformer bed so it's using a machine and it's spring resistance so you've got the added resistance of the spring so i guess you can kind of compare it to you know like cable machines in the gym in a way and because you've got that added resistance it makes it that little bit more intense but it's all low impact um very safe very good for stabilizer muscles which are the muscles in the body which hold you upright really important for posture so it really supports other high impact activities that people may do in their day-to-day life for example running cycling yeah um all your high intensity really supports things like that so it's great and it is a purely female run company isn't it sculpting house yeah how do you find obviously i think with your background in dance i would imagine you are used to being quite female-centric environments yes um how do you find working in a, in a fully female Do you know what? I love it. And it's so different working in a female environment such as Sculpt compared to what I'm used to working on cruise ships and with other dancers. So that environment, working with other dancers, you can get some divas in the industry, as I'm sure you can imagine. We are not like that at all. We are all, we get on so well. We're like a little family. Everybody's there to support and help each other. So yeah, it's, Although they're both female environments, very, very different. And I'm not going to lie, I much prefer this one. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's just me down to a T. I don't like the drama. I don't like the confrontation. Yeah. Um, so this is much more suited to me. And is the clientele typically quite female as well at Sculpt? Yes, it is. However, I was going to make a point about this. We are trying to get more men involved at the moment. So it, do you know what? It is great that it's typically female clientele at the minute but we are trying to get more guys involved in pilates because it's good for men as well and they don't realize and they think oh pilates it's easy that's what you always get i think it is seen as a more female thing pilates still yoga is getting more men involved and i think pilates will follow yeah fingers crossed so Cleo, obviously we've spoken a bit about your background being in quite a masculine dominated industry what what do you find are the benefits of well, I guess A, going solo, doing this on yeah. your own and B, sort of carving out a niche for a bit more of a female dominated business model, if you like. Benefits of doing it on your own. <laughs> it could. <laughs> I don't have to answer to anyone, but it could be a bit lonely sometimes. No, I don't think that's brilliant. Um, it, it's it's good. Trying to carve out this niche is, is really, really difficult, to be honest, because there is a bit of a run fraternity. Um, you know, the same old crew around. And when I first told people at the Rum Festival in London that I was setting up a rum brand, I might as well have been patted on the head. And they went, oh, that's nice. And so I did. The benefits of it is 
when people clock onto it, it's amazing. They get what I'm trying to do. Um, you're trying to carve something out that hasn't actually happened. To, I mean, I know it's, you know, women drink rum, but it's very, as I say, it's very rum and coke. It's, it's a bit go out to get drunk on it. And so what I'm gradually doing is getting people to realise you don't have to drink it like that. Um, and that's lovely because you get a lot more female support when, of, when you're a female-led business. And we all think differently. I do like men, by the way. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's a different way of thinking. Yeah. Um, there's a massive movement at, at the moment as well with female-led businesses. So there's a lot of support out there. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is the right time to do it. Whereas with the bars, I didn't feel like that at all. I felt very on my own because it's quite cliquey. Yeah. It mm. could be really cliquey. And if you're not in that clique, you know, you just have to fight that bit harder. Yeah. yeah. I see that you've done lots of work as well with the Young Women's Trust. Yes. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because that's, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah, no, that's ace. Um, I love the Young Women's Trust. So they do really good things. Um, they basically um, provide coaching to women that may have got stuck in childcare, may have not had access to education, may have not had access to tools to go and get a job, you know, like building CVs, you know, and coaching training. So um, I've actively raised some money. When I um, launched my coconut and hibiscus rum, I did a gender pay gap menu, cocktail menu, which I nearly got in trouble for, but I did it properly with the Young Women's Trust. And what we did was the gender pay gap in this country at the moment is 20%, which is ridiculous, I won't swear. Um, mm -hmm. So we, what we did, we did it in Cottonopolis in town and we had the price of the cocktail plus 20% and you could, you didn't have to pay 20%, um, but everybody did and that 20% went to Young Women's Trust. So we raised over 600 quid in one night, which is great. Amazing. And then we collect That's when so we cool. do, everyone at Christmas likes to give for it. I want to do a sponsored skydive. That's what I'm doing next. Are you? Will you sponsor it? me? Absolutely. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Have you done a skydive before? No. I've done one. It's oh, an amazing I'm experience. To do one. I'd really yeah. like to. I didn't. Because I've had Frankie, but he's 13 now, so he can look after himself. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> which one are you going to do? Because I think I did the UK's highest, which was the 15,000 feet one, and it was incredible. All the views over, it was like a really well, great day when I did it. Well, my brother-in-law's just so it done that. He's just done the 15,000 yeah. feet one, and I'm just like, I want to do that. Well, amazing, do it. But I'm scared of heights, and that's one of the reasons I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I want to get it sponsored. And give it, to, yeah, give it to Young Women's Trust. Yeah. Well, once you're up there, you don't really have a choice. You just have no, to go. You've got to so. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I've also launched the Woman Up initiative. Have you seen that? And uh, it's called Woman Up. And um, I microfinance women around the world to work their way out of poverty in poorer areas. So, for instance, I've just given um, some money to... No, sorry you lend it because they don't want you to give it to them and there's a lovely organization called lend with care that i do it through them um and so for instance just small loans but she needed to buy two more buffalo because she raises them and sells them she's based in vietnam i saw these on your website yeah the testimonials yeah. yeah and then i microfinance money for a women's collective in the congo and the dominican republic they want to buy more supplies for their shops for their communities so it's just those sorts of things but it's all women that would not get access to funding normally yeah. do you know what I mean they don't want thousands and thousands of pounds they just want a bit of a start to grow and it goes towards their children's education better communities I'm really into all that yeah that's yeah. amazing you, know, you need to do it I think yeah. what would your one piece of advice be if there was if one of our listeners for example is thinking about taking that plunge and setting up their own business or going solo as a, as a female entrepreneur what, what would your one piece of advice be don't take that? no for an answer there you go yeah, bosh and think it through properly yeah. 
So don't lie to yourself. That's two bits. But don't take no for an answer. Really don't. Because if you really believe in what you're doing, you'll definitely find a way. Um, and also be honest with yourself when you're uh, doing your financial projections. Don't don't fib and think you won't need to pay yourself because you will. So if it doesn't stack up, find a way to make it stack up. But get that right at the beginning and you'll have much more confidence in what you want to do. And did you do a lot of your sort of strategy around your business on your own or did you have a sort of network of people that you were leaning on to No, help? I did it on my own. But amazing. I've worked for it's some amazing. really massive business. I worked for Richard Branson. I worked for John Cordwell. And so I've seen all these board meetings and P&Ls and, you know, budgets and all that jazz. So I'm quite used to thinking like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and sought advice because I think you're a bit daft if you're getting into an area that you don't know about. Go and seek all the advice you can. Don't be afraid to to ask for advice but then yeah yeah, but then I've done that on my own and then sort of check back with people that I know along the way yeah and would you say the same for Sculpt um, Liv in just how you've sort of you've collectively as a team grown that business definitely yeah so I would say just go for it the same the same as you said just don't take no for an answer just go for it I'd also say small steps baby steps but it all counts and it all makes a difference and obviously I'm kind of speaking on behalf of Amy here because I've helped her grow her business but it is her business yeah um but yeah um be prepared for the graft because it's not an easy ride there'll be highs and lows but you've got to find the positives in both of them so obviously give yourself credit for those highs because sometimes those highs get lost in the lows the lows are obviously always going to feel like much more sort of like they're dominating yeah but really give yourself credit for the highs and then the lows you can also make those positives because you can learn from those lows and you can learn from your mistakes and I think that's really important that you do that as well so yeah I really like that I think it's always feels like a really daunting thing doesn't it setting Mm. up on your own or doing something on your own but like you say if you've got the passion for it and you don't take no for an answer and you surround yourself with Mm. people that are going to help you on that journey then yeah it's a no-brainer. You just got to go for it sometimes. Yes. Face the fear and do it anyway. Hundred yeah, percent. And I think what you said before as well, Cleo, about um, it being really lonely when you're yeah. setting up a business. It can be. It's so true. And do you know what? Amy said that to me yeah. in the past. She has said to me, "Liv, I want someone by my side," which is why yeah. I stepped into Brilliant. the managerial role. She said, "I want you to help me along the way," because she said, "As much as I love building this business on my own and." not having to answer to anyone and being your own boss she said it can feel really lonely yeah. so she wanted someone by her side and I'm so privileged that I got to be that yeah, person because I love it and I love Amy and get on with her so well so well when I've got a bit, a bit more money which is happening um I will have a team so I have to do all the marketing and everything on my own but my next step would be to get a marketing person to come and help me yep. and then you've got someone to bounce ideas exactly. off exactly so That's you must thing. be invaluable then Nice work. Well done, Liv. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> What's your vision, Cleo, for, for the Rum brand then um, moving forwards? Right, so I've got another one in uh, production at the moment, but we've done the first distillation and it's absolutely horrible, so I've got to start again. That happens, that's the fun bit. At least Trial I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going for investment in the next few months um, and then I'll be building sort of community building, doing all that sort of thing. So you see me at festivals hopefully next year. Um, I need to get a bigger team. I want my own distillery, which is going to be ace. And then I'm going to do bespoke distillations for anyone that wants them, really. So it might be selfridges, it might be a bar it might be I don't know if Pilates like rum well yeah we love rum <laughs> you can come in but I want we're to... a boozy Pilates yeah. studio yeah. if you didn't I know, know. <laughs> sounds like the best one but I want to also give dist- distilling courses to women that may not be able to 
afford them or I may not have the means or I haven't even thought about it, well, but come on down and learn how to distill and get people really excited about the industry and to change people's perception of the rum category as a whole. Yeah. I think that's amazing because you're opening up a whole world of opportunity yeah. for people that might not necessarily have even considered that exactly. route. Exactly. And I know what it's going to look like and everything. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> It's not about what it looks like, but you know what I mean? Did you do all the branding on your own and everything? Yes, well, I came up with... I'm obsessed with Art Deco. I love that period of art. And um, I found this amazing designer in Leeds called Analog. And they sort of helped me bring the, the legend to life. So to me, so the, the bottle, everything on the bottle tells a story yeah. that, that goes with the legend. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Amazing. And where can people buy it? Ah, well, at the moment, because of stupid COVID. So I launched just before COVID, which was fun. Um, so it's quite still quite online. So obviously Amazon, Master of Most Whiskey Exchange. You can get it in Selfridges if you want to. Um, and quite a high-end um, wine and spirits places um, online on my website. And then in, it's going into quite a few bars in Manchester now. We're getting into London so we're going on to. I've just. Uh, I had a drink in the Ivy Asia the other day. It's on the cocktail list up yeah. there. Woo. Is it? Oh, yeah. Amazing. No, I've got it. So cool. it's getting there. It's just we're on. As you know, everyone's been set back by COVID yep. for two years, and now we've got a blimmin' cost of living crisis. I'm like, give us a break, yeah. but I'm keep going. And how, yeah. in times like that, do you navigate those more challenging market conditions? If you like, what would your piece of advice be in that respect? Try and think outside the box. So. It was a bit difficult when COVID came because my brand had only just started and no one knew what it was. Mm. So it's all very well going online, but who's going to buy you if you don't know what? So I thought, right, what can I do? So I did these really daft cocktail uh, lives every Friday from my kitchen. And I can't make them. My cat would be crawling about <laughs> and Frankie, my son, would be bashing it. And it was all very silly. <laughs> but it got quite a lot of um, views. And we actually, I actually started to sell some. So if you can't... Just try and think outside the box, like, what on earth can I do? Because otherwise you feel really helpless. I guess it's a similar times. story with Sculpt yeah, as well. definitely. And, like, thinking outside the box, getting out into the community and doing things out there, even if it's for free to begin with. Don't, Just to get your name yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get yourself known. I guess for you as well, it's probably word of mouth. In fact, on, both, on both brands, it's word yes, of mouth, yeah, the power of that conversation definitely. around your brand. And also the power of social media. Yeah. Social media can be so great for things like this. It is, isn't it? I'm for promoting good. yourself, for getting yourself known. And then, yeah, like you say, word of mouth. Liv, you mentioned just then about the sense of community and how important it is to, to get out in the community, get yeah. your brand known, engage with your potential customers. Yeah. Why is it so important, do you think, especially in a female-led business, yeah. to sort of build that sense of community? So I'll just start by saying to begin with that when Amy built Sculpt, it was never with the intention of creating a money-making business. She literally just wanted to help people within the community. She wanted to create something for people to enjoy, something that made them feel good, moving their body no matter how little or how infrequently it was or how often it was, she just wanted to make them feel better about themselves. So I think, and with it, especially for females, like you said, I think it is really important that we create a safe space for females these days. I think females in the fitness industry these days and going into a gym and 
lifting weights and it's a very intimidating environment for females and there's a lot around that at the moment and there's a lot of talk about it and it's creating that safe space where females don't feel intimidated and they feel like they're the dominant for once because I think with Pilates, no offence guys, but we are. If you you get guys on a reformer bed, they can't do half of what we do. Am I right? <laughs> so yeah, it's creating that safe space and that warm, welcoming environment. And it, it sort of came really organically and naturally. Amy just did things within the community and people got involved and we loved it and we had a great time. And yeah, that's... that's so profit about. came second to yeah, people. So it was all about creating yeah. that sense of community. Yes. And Cleo, what about with your industry and your... Well, job? I've always been like like hospitality. I seem to be just veering all over this industry. I love it. But um, it's about... Okay, so it's a, I like doing things you're not... People think is impossible. <laughs> yeah. So I like to show, and I also like to, it to be showing women that you can do it. You know, I tend to throw myself into things that that haven't really been done before or are quite difficult in a male-dominated industry, but it can be done. And I'm just hoping that it can show, you know, have a go at it, which is why I support young women's trust is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know anything is is possible. And so I go and I'll sponsor women events. Um, I'm being asked by the PA Awards, Manchester PA Awards, to go and speak there to show because I used to be a PA. Just you know what you can. Nothing wrong with being a PA, but you, what you can do if you want to, and it's just that community of like, come on us lot. Yeah, let's level everything up a bit now. Yeah, yeah. I come love that, on. and that's our key strand of yeah. this year for Bloom is all around leveling up women. Hundred percent. So yeah. uh, these conversations are so important, yeah. and it's so inspiring for people to be able to listen to how you've got to where you've got to, yeah. and you've launched an amazing brand, you've built an amazing Pilates studio. You know, you're doing these things that are impacting and benefiting the community in such a positive way, particularly for women. Yes. Obviously, men can get involved too, but <laughs> particularly for women. So, Liv, I think you were telling us before about the the expansion plans yes. for Sculpt, which is super really exciting. exciting. Obviously, with that comes challenges because Same, obviously yeah. you need new staff, you need new premises. Yeah. Yeah. How do you maintain that same original vision, which is all about people and you know people's well-being and that sense of community that we've spoken about? How do you maintain that level of integrity when you are sort of expanding or scaling it such a rapid pace that's such a good question you know and it's actually something that amy and i have sat down and spoke about recently because she said to me we are upscaling because in a way you need to keep up with the trends and Mm. hold the interest of your clients because otherwise you can like become boring and old news and whatever so it's really important to keep on up to date with that but at the same time like you say keep the authenticity and i think it's really important that you sit down and you literally write down your values as a business and stick to those. And I think if you do that, you can't really go wrong. And having having a plan, having um, members of staff that are all really as passionate as you are about your brand as well and about what you've created is really important and I think yeah so making sure you bring the right people on board with with you on that journey as well people that align with your values yeah and going back to values and yeah which isn't always an easy thing to do no no it's not it's definitely not I think 
speaking for Amy again here, but I think she has a really good judge of character and she always knows that when she meets someone, she knows if she wants to bring them on board or yeah. not, like from an instant. And I think it's that go with your gut. Yeah, um, definitely go with your gut. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think you you send straight away whether someone's going to share that same vision exactly or not. Exactly. Cleo, have you had anything similar in, in regards to sort I of expansion? I find this really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would agree with going with your gut. When I had the bars, I mean, what the best thing, that, what the best thing you can do is what I thought Richard Branson was brilliant at doing was all the people, he got the, exactly the right people that just done to him and then they fed it through. Um, I think going with your gut is so important and I've ignored it before because of what was on paper um, and I've really learned that lesson. I find it really difficult, especially when you're trying to, you've got your own vision because if you if you bring, say, a marketing person on and they, they've been trained in marketing school, my vision might not be fit into sort of corporate marketing if do you know what i mean yeah. so it's mm. trying to get somebody that will fit that with the odd group that was quite fun but we didn't we didn't have people that perhaps were very into high-end cocktail bars that wouldn't have suited do, do you want to be so it's just about people getting doing the right fit um it's the bit that most worries me about getting bigger to be honest it's the recruitment yeah definitely mm. i find it as i say, i find it quite different and then it's retaining people and keeping everyone's interest up so yeah. they might share their values, but making sure they've got room to grow. While you're growing your business, what do they want? What's the business want? So it's considering all those factors. So I want someone to come and help me with that, please. But also, <laughs> you are the face of your brand exactly. at the moment. Yeah. So it's like, how do you scale up when you are the face of the brand and everyone knows Cleo as dear bless? It's like, how do you sort of almost detach from that a little bit and allow yourself to grow by Exactly. You know, expanding the team, bringing the right people on board, but also still having that authenticity of where it originally yes. came from. That, and I think that's quite hard balance. Yeah. I'll do it, but it's just like... Mm. I want to know what it was like working for Richard Branson. Can you tell us a bit it about was that? Eight. <laughs> he's very, he is not a, he's quite a shy person and um, he's very focused. So, if you, if you, so we used to work in his house in Holland Park. I worked in his pool room in the, in the um, attic. And he'd come running up sometimes with like a film crew. Cleo, Cleo, good film crew. They talk to them, talk to them. So I'd have to talk to them just on the spot. I hadn't got my nice clothes on or anything. And I'm like, oh, I've got it. And then we also have to lunch together in his kitchen in the basement. I was in a very privileged position. I didn't really realise that at the time. Though. <laughs> no, take five. How did you get to that position? It was right. So there was, um, I got in as a PA. So I, the biggest, the best thing that ever happened to me was, flunking my a-levels don't tell it don't, don't, i don't i wouldn't tell my son that but uh, <laughs> great advice everyone <laughs> i was gonna say do you know what you don't need them i got but amazing, I shouldn't say that. I got amazing <laughs> o-levels and then completely a-levels went out the window so i took myself off and did an hnd in administration which just you know that at the time was shorthand typing all that stuff which sounds very mundane but it then got me this pa job you know what I mean? That got opened the doors for everything else. Yeah. And it was just bonkers. And like it was, I think that's what what really spurred me on to do do businesses on my own because he. The one thing I've learned from him was um, just calculated risks. Take yeah. calculated risks. That was sort of what I was saying earlier about plan ahead, look at every scenario as much as you can. You know, and I also don't think anyone should ever regret anything. Because you made that decision based on all your knowledge at the time yeah. mm -hmm. and hindsight. It's as all they a learning say. curve. Yeah. As well. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. So don't 
And you I learn mean, from mistakes as yeah. well. You learn from mistakes, exactly. So, yeah, no, he's very inspiring. But you go in, you say what you've got to say, get out because he doesn't want to listen to any faffing about. Yeah, get to the point. <laughs> get yeah. to the point. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, what a fa- fascinating journey you've been on. I've read his books. I'm really quite they're, they're inspired brilliant. by He's Richard. Very Branson. inspirational, I think. Yeah, and I've watched the documentaries about Necker Island. So yes. I'm, I'm very jealous you've been there. <laughs> <laughs> it's very I exciting. Am as well. <laughs> and tasted all that rum while you were there as well. <laughs> Great. Well, I think that's us out of time for today. Uh, that's a wrap on another brilliant episode of The Blooming North. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been amazing. So, listeners, go and try Diabless Rum. Go and try Reforma Pilates at Sculpting Ooh. House. Maybe don't do the two at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's been done before. Well, this is all about balance. Yes, exactly. How do people connect with you if they want to find out more about your journeys? Do you have Instagram or yes. LinkedIn? I have my Instagrams at, at Diabless Rum. I've got my own one, but I wouldn't bother with that because I never check it. But, but that's not good. <laughs> Diabless, Diabless Rum. Rum. Brilliant. Yeah, and um, you can find us on Instagram at Sculpt in House and House is H-A-U-S. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you both so much for your time. It's been thank brilliant. You. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for another episode of The Blooming North. We'd love to hear from you. So if you've not already, please go to Bloom North, become a connection. We hope you found this podcast interesting. Also, get in touch if you've got any thoughts on topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Until next time, we'll see you soon. podcast was brought to you by Channel Factory, who ensure that all your advertising appears in the most brand safe and brand suitable environments across all your YouTube campaigns.